You are now tuned into another Dolphins podcast where we'll be discussing the content of another Dolphins podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is the Jake and Josh show, and there are three boxes. If you're watching us on YouTube at H-O-U-T-Z, that's Houts. Merrick Brave is joining us. We're still working on the right title of the show, but either way, we are happy to have you. Gentlemen, sun's out, guns out with Merrick. I see, Josh, you got your short sleeve shirt on driving home from work i saw some dog just decide i want to roll over in this random pile of leaves in the middle of my walk so it's the good vibe part of the year we got midway through april so gentlemen how are we feeling today we are feeling good we are feeling good three amigos on the pod right now happy to be here with you guys thankful that you guys allow me to do this with you every single week and uh ready to talk some dolphins football how yeah, we you, Josh? Call, yeah, we should call us the what? The menage a trois with Merrick every every uh, day that ends in Y or something like no, that. No, we should not. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure what that means. I took two years of French and I have no idea what that means. But you said about a dog rolling over in leaves. I thought for sure you were gonna say there was just crap everywhere and the dog was just rolling in it. So um yeah, glad to be able to talk to you guys. It's getting what 82 up here, and yeah, the, the bunny's making a cameo. The kids are kids are unleashed. Josh, you mentioned a dog rolling in crap, and that's perfect because we're talking about the New York Jets today, baby. We are talking about the entire AFC East. We are going to go around the horn. We're going to give 10 impressions about the AFC East. I'm sure you guys are super sick of us talking about the Miami Dolphins on a Miami Dolphins podcast, but I thought it'd be nice to kind of put our heads above water for a few minutes, share some thoughts about the rest of the division, and let's see where things go. Well, there's three of us. I figured we each do three thoughts, and that's nine. And and nine is a number. Go Ted Williams, sure. But ten is a nice, clean number. Every number is the same, but we're going with ten. So the first impression, we only got one about the Miami Dolphins. And gentlemen, please step on me if I'm wrong. The Dolphins have had the best offseason of any team thus far in the AFC. So I think there isn't a lot of debate in that. Uh, please stop me if you disagree. Yeah, a lot of additions for the Dolphins, uh, especially on that defensive side of the ball. You got Jalen Ramsey rounding out that cornerback room, going to be a star for the Dolphins this upcoming season. You add David Long Jr. to that linebacking core, and if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a difference maker for the Dolphins. And let's not forget the biggest addition to that Dolphins defense, and that is new defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. He was the big fish that the Dolphins landed this offseason. Took a little while to reel them in, but once they did, uh, it was it was full steam ahead, and, and we're excited to have them. And, and I think you know, just looking at those three pieces alone, you could say the Dolphins have had the best offseason out of any team in the AFC East. Yeah, no one's going to step on you for that take, Jake. I mean, we're all homers here, so I absolutely think the Dolphins had the uh, best offseason out of the AFC East. Like Merrick said, all the new additions, and uh, I guess this just means another offseason where we get to hang another banner, right? I mean, this is what, uh, two, two decades now where the Dolphins always win the offseason, and we always can sit here and feel good about how the team is. Let's just hope it equates to more Ws, and uh, maybe we want a meaningful playoff game this season. But yeah, Dolphins, best team in the AFC East uh, after all these additions, for sure. I do say thus far, because... I already made fun of the Jets, and we're going to continue to make fun of the Jets, but there will be a legitimate debate if the Aaron Rodgers stuff goes down about who had the better offseason. But that's not that we're this is not fan fiction. We are talking about what's real, and as of now, the Dolphins have won this offseason. So, gentlemen, let's start with the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins played them in the playoffs, played them tough without their top two quarterbacks. Uh, so, Joshua, give me your thought, your impression, I should say, about the Buffalo Bills as we're sitting here in the middle of April. 
Yeah, I know it's crazy to sit here and say that, you know, I'm asking the question, has the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl window closed? But when you look at what they did, they've won three straight AFC East crowns, lost the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs in 2022, divisional round against the Chiefs 2021, and then against the Bengals in 2022. Their biggest departure would be Tremaine Edmonds. I don't really think they did too much this offseason. They brought in Damian Harrison. You know, they took Trent Shurfield. But with like we said, the Dolphins had a pretty awesome offseason. Aaron Rodgers could be going to the Jets any day now. Do you guys think, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, that they are no longer the favorites in the AFC East and that their Super Bowl window closed? What are your guys' thoughts? I suppose I would say that they are the favorites until somebody knocks them off that mantle. You know, that they have Tyler Thompson almost did. He really did almost do that. Uh, You know, they've had about three seasons in a row where they were expected to do better than they ultimately did. They got upset in the playoffs, maybe not even upset, but, but, but they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Everyone's goal, make it to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. And the Buffalo Bills didn't do that three seasons in a row. But if there's one thing we know about the Buffalo Bills is that they like their letdowns to come in fours. So this upcoming season, we'll probably see another letdown from the Buffalo Bills. And that Tremaine Edmonds loss is a big one. I can sit here and, and this can be clipped and we could be made fun of in about seven months. But I mean, you look at these last three years, I mean, the AFC championship game and there's that generic idea. It's not generic and there's some proof behind it, but like it's baby steps, right? You make the playoffs, you win a playoff game and you work your way up. The bills hit the ground running. They make it to the AFC championship game, kind of get worked by the chiefs called a day. You lose in the divisional round the following year, and then you lose by even more in the divisional round to the Bengals in 2022 after having Skylar Thompson give you a hard time. So, guys, to me, this kind of looks like someone who might have peaked in high school. That's that's kind of the metaphor I have going on for the Bills right now. You know, the hot shot, everyone likes to talk about them. Everyone's real jazzed up. But all of a sudden, everyone's looking around and be like, this is a horrible analogy if you're watching this on YouTube, but all of a sudden, everyone's looking around like, I can grow a beard too. Like, hey, hey, I've, I've developed a little bit. And that's such an ideal <laughs> way to describe it. But that's kind of how I'm starting to feel about the Bills, that, you know, the Dolphins are catching up. The Jets are doing their thing. I mean, the Patriots are always, until Belichick's gone, in the hunt. I mean, they at least have an honorary spot in the hunt. So to me, I kind of get that vibe. But Merrick, you know, Josh just went through a couple of guys who have left. There are a few people who left that don't even play on the field that have an impact. Yeah, one point I want to bring up uh, when we're discussing the Buffalo Bills is the fact that they lost their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. And Leslie Frazier, uh, you know, we can talk crap about the Bills all we want, but Leslie Frazier is a very good defensive coordinator. Well, he decided to go the route of Vic Fangio last year and take a sabbatical. He's not going to be coaching for the Buffalo Bills for at least this one season, and we'll see what happens after that. Maybe he comes back in 2024 and beyond. Maybe he goes elsewhere. Uh, you know, there was some chatter on the Twitter streets when when that departure was announced that Leslie Frazier doesn't really see the upwards movement in Buffalo uh, that maybe he could see elsewhere. Because when you look at the Buffalo Bills defense, a lot of people give credit to their head coach, Sean McDermott, who is a a great defensive mind in his own right. So Leslie Frazier, who knows, maybe there's a little tension there. Maybe he doesn't come back to Buffalo. Maybe he doesn't want to coach there anymore. Uh, Sean McDermott is taking over the defensive play calling for the Buffalo Bills by all accounts. And again, great mind there. But you have to wonder, is there going to be a little too much on his plate this upcoming season? And can we see or will we see that Buffalo Bills defense take a step backwards? 
it's weird because even if you go back 10 years, the Bills are always had a frustrating defense. I go back and and their names escape me, but they had two defensive linemen that I just remember tortured the Dolphins for years, two bigger guys. Uh, they, they were uh, Darius or uh, I, I, I'm just going to make those fans. I just think of Bruce Smith. That's how old I am. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think a lot of Buffalo Bills fans, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they were kind of, you know, happy to see Leslie Frazier go. And that was a little weird to me. And I think, you know, he was almost uh, the scapegoat and all of that. I mean, I think Sean McDermott, the world of him, he's one of the best defensive minds in football. But pretending that losing Leslie Frazier, uh, you know, a defense coordinator is highly, you know, spoke of and sought after as him. I mean, that's just uh, something I think is definitely going to uh, show up a lot more in than a lot of Bills fans seem to think for sure. Well, Bills fans are weird anyways. They choose to live in Buffalo. Who does that? Like, who chooses to live in Buffalo? And that's coming no from a guy who chooses to live in Iowa. So you know you're down bad. That's a, good, that's a, that's a great point right there. <laughs> to wrap up the Bills, my final note, do we got some Stefan Diggs trouble in paradise? It's kind of fun that we can sit here and we're talking about the Bills. And, you know, all these teams, there's some sort of angle of hope and excitement. But, but I mean, these are three things that we're talking about here. There's legitimate concern, like, oh, man, what's happening with the Bills? Uh, this one's a lot more just drama and something. If it was my team, I'd kind of ignore. But since it's someone else's team, we get to have fun with it. Stefan Diggs removed all mention of the Bills from his social media. Rumors started that he requested a trade, and the Bills are set to visit with Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith Najigba. That might be more that those two might not be related; those two can coexist together. But I'm just adding it in, like, uh oh, they're looking for their new wide receiver one. And guys, a couple of years ago, I mean, Stephon Diggs was the genius move that the Bills made, right? You know, you trade that pick to get an established wide receiver, and then weirdly enough, their GM complains that we don't have picks to to sign guys, even though they could have had Justin uh, Jefferson on the rookie contract, but I digress. You know, there were the, the what stepbrothers memes with uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs being buddy, buddy, how Diggs came in and was such a huge impact of that team. Now there's been a few outbursts, some gripes, social media drama, and man, I go back to this and I'm, I'm not trying to hate on this as much as it's going to sound like but it just makes you appreciate what Tyree Kill has been for the Miami Dolphins there has never been one outburst this dude has been nothing but a flat-out leader he's been great on the field and if he's frustrated it doesn't come off in a way where it's like isolating your team and and to me man that just kind of goes to show that I think the Dolphins with Tyree Kill made a great move Stephon Diggs a great wide receiver but he does his emotions certainly do come out at times and it seems to have a little bit of a ripple effect even if it doesn't come into any um physical changes you got to think there's a little trouble at paradise yeah he's always been kind of one of those diva receivers you know you hear about the diva receivers and you know to your credit a lot of people on social media especially fans of our afc afc east rivals they thought the same thing was going to happen with tyreek hill they thought tyreek was going to come to miami like you said and, and and demand targets and demand the ball and he didn't have to demand anything mcdaniel was ready to to scheme those up for him anyway and, and tua was more than than happy to oblige uh but but yeah tyreek has been the opposite of what stefan diggs has proven to be uh in his career so far and that's with the vikings and now with the bills so we'll have to keep an eye on that situation i know bills fans probably are as well but things uh looks like there might be trouble in uh i want to say paradise but again it's it's buffalo it's anti-bizarro paradise maybe like <laughs> yeah snowy yeah. paradise if you like 18 inches of snow every two days then buffalo is the city for you 
hail's definitely much better than snow, but I guess I'm one that wants to at least pump my brakes a little bit with the Tyreek Hill stuff because I don't know what happened when Stefan Diggs first got traded to the Bills, but I thought he was all, you know, sunshine and roses and happy. Fair so I, I'm scared that, you know, maybe, you know, we have a – I'm not even going to say it, but I absolutely hope that this is the downfall again of the uh, – Buffalo Bills, I think Stefan Diggs was a little pissed after that uh, divisional round loss. I think he kind of said that they weren't playing up to their expectations and things like that. So um, would hate to see JSN end up in Buffalo. But um, if they can somehow move on from Stefan Diggs, that would be awesome. Um, moving right on to the Jets, guys. We talked about a little bit earlier the Aaron Rodgers saga. I mean, I think we all have our opinion. I think we all kind of feel like maybe any day now this trade could go down. But um it still hasn't happened. It seems like both teams are playing chicken, obviously, over the draft capital. Jets GM Joe Douglas was came out. I don't know where he was, some kind of fan thing, or he was at a media event or something and said, you know, they were confident they were going to get Aaron Rodgers, but it hasn't happened yet. So um, I'm still holding out hope that we see those um, memes going around. I think I actually already saw one. Someone had a – we almost landed Odell Beckham Jr. and almost landed Aaron Rodgers banner. So um, what are your guys' thoughts on this trade and if it's going to happen, when it does happen, how big this shifts things in the because despite what Dolphin fans want to say, um, Aaron Rodgers isn't the same as he maybe once was, but getting him on the Jets with all those weapons, with that defense that they have, uh, I would uh, feel a little bit queasier about that than I would if, say, uh, you know, Tim Boyle was their starting quarterback or Zach Wilson again. So give me your thoughts. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think as recently as... Sure. I, I think as recently as this morning, there was a report from Adam Schefter that said that the Packers and the Jets haven't talked in weeks and that both teams are kind of digging their heels in and there's not expected to be a trade at least until the NFL draft happens. So uh, I know a lot of Jets fans out there are probably sweating this one out, hoping that they can get Aaron Rodgers. But like you said, Josh, you know, I think there is some merit to the idea that yes, the Jets will be better with Aaron Rodgers, but are they going to be Super Bowl contenders because Aaron Rodgers joins that team? You know, I talked about it uh, in an earlier episode, but Aaron Rodgers threw 26 touchdown passes last year in Green Bay. Tua Tungavailoa threw 25, and he missed four regular season games. So is Aaron Rodgers as much of an upgrade in the quarterback room in New York as he would have been five, six, seven years ago? Absolutely not. Is he better than Zach Wilson currently is? Yeah, he is. But for how long will he be good? Is it a one-year deal? Is it a two-year deal? We're not exactly sure. Will it even happen? As of today, it hasn't. So um, it's likely to still go down. But until that trade comes across the wire and everybody sees it uh, reported from a, a verified source on, well, I guess you don't even have to be a, a real source to be verified on Twitter anymore. But uh, until Adam Schefter tells you it's happened, it hasn't happened, and so far it hasn't happened. And I'm looking at all this as we're kind of playing with house money. Um, I, I do expect it to happen, but every day it doesn't happen. I think there's just more and more that boils over. I mean, it could reach a point where Aaron Rodgers can get exactly what he wanted and just be mad about it just because of how it all happened. I think there's a lot of things that uh, both sides could have learned in terms of the Packers front office and Rodgers and just being professional. And it, I think if both of those guys weren't like uh, – uh, jabs in the media pat mcafee show i think this would have been done by now but i look at this as all as house money there was an there was a story in the athletic that rogers kind of got really upset about and really defensive which 
made me think a little more that it's true if you're going to get big mad about something like this, but it was basically about how intricate he is on offense and how a lot of his play calls, it's like, I'm going to tap my head. That means one specific receiver is going to do a specific thing. Like it's really fine tuned and detailed. And to me, the longer Aaron Rodgers isn't practicing with his guys and going through that because we all know Aaron Rodgers is going to do things his way and nobody else's way, no matter what. So I'm interested to see that just because we're stuck here. We got Jets fans, uh, you know, sweating. We got this. I- I'm kind of enjoying this. And-, and Merrick, that brings up my point real quick that I want to get to. And it's kind of the idea of where is this Jets team going, even with Aaron Rodgers? They had a great rookie draft last year. They were a playoff contender with Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. They were in the hunt the entire year. So to me, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts. I mean, you got Brees Hall coming back off an ACL injury. We saw him absolutely demolish the Dolphins. You had Garrett Wilson, who's a target monster. I mean, I saw him complain way too much against the Dolphins. Bias, of course. And then you have Sauce Gardner, um, you know, winning that defensive rookie of the year. He looks like that Darrell Rivas clone they've been looking for. So guys, the trajectory for those young guys are going up. But they call things sophomore slumps for a season. You never know how these projections go, but you got to feel a little queasy about, hey, if you can you know, make it with Zach Wilson and, and a bag of bones known as Joe Flacco, I mean, something can happen here, I think, as miserable as that sounds. Yeah, if this Aaron Rodgers trade goes down, they will be much improved, and a lot of that uh, is due to the fact that they have been drafting well outside of that Zach Wilson miss. At quarterback, oh, no, that was great hey, pick. Do it, again. <laughs> it happens. But, you know, I love Brees Hall. Uh, he is coming off that ACL, like you mentioned. It's, it's hard to to get back into football shape uh, when you've suffered an injury of that mag- magnitude. But they still do have Garrett Wilson. They still do have Sa- Sauce Gardner. Sa- Ga- Sauce Gardner, as a rookie, rated uh, on PFF as the highest graded cornerback for the entire season. Not just out of rookies, but... Out of all cornerbacks, uh, that's pretty good, you know. And I know we don't take PFF as gospel and whatnot, but he still had a really good season, and Garrett Wilson did too. Now, uh, you know, will these players continue that upwards trajectory? We'll have to see. Will Brees Hall be able to come back from that injury? We'll have to see. The Jets will be an improved team, but I just, to me, it's somewhat laughable that a lot of these national pundits are putting the Jets as a top five team in the NFL just because they're getting Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Again, this isn't, this isn't 28 year old Aaron Rodgers. This isn't even 32 year old Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is damn near 40 years old. That's not young. And, and you may look at that number and go, Oh, well, Tom Brady played till he was 45 years old. That's not normal. That's an outlier. Players don't do that. Dan Marino retired at 38 years old, a shell of his former self. At some point, Father Time is undefeated for everyone. And that's coming for Aaron Rodgers soon as well. So we'll see what happens. I was just going to say, there's a journalism saying, uh, you know, I I learned growing up, it's you don't report when a dog bites or a a dog bites a man because dogs bite people. It's not news. But when a man bites a dog, that's the news. And that's what Tom (laughs) Tom Tom Brady has been biting a butt ton of dogs for about 10 years now. So that's why it's been the story. Uh, but Merrick, we owe you a little bit of apology because Josh kind of stepped on your note a little bit, but how about you go ahead and share that? 
Oh no, that's fine. I think just any other uh, any other opportunity you get to to rub dirt in the faces of Jets fans, you got to take it. So uh, Jets fans posting, you know, all about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. coming to New York and and rounding out that wide receiver core and 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 you know greeting Aaron Rodgers eventually when that trade happens with open arms. Womp womp. It's not happening. Odell didn't sign with New York. Odell's not going to be a Jet. Odell signed with the Baltimore Ravens, spurning the New York Jets. And, you know, we'll find out eventually when the season gets going and, and, and beyond if that's a good thing or a bad thing that he didn't go to New, to New York. Is that a good thing for Jets fans that he chose Baltimore over them? Is Odell washed? He's coming off the injury as well. Um, we'll see. But for now, as Dolphins fans, we're going to use this as another opportunity to uh, laugh at Jets fans because they've yeah. been laughing stock for a long, long time now, and they're going to continue to be the laughing stock. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious when it happened until then the contract came out and you saw that he made what eighteen million up in uh, I think it's fifteen million base, and then he could make it up to eighteen million. So, I mean. I always thought the world of Odell Beckham Jr., but I think he's definitely closer to wash. So they might have dodged a bullet with that one. But anytime we get a chance to sit here and just rub their nose in the dirt, we can do it. So excited to see what he can do there in Baltimore. Hopefully they can figure out a way to uh, lock up Lamar Jackson. But, um, yeah, that's uh, a move that I think a lot of Jets fans already were kind of counting their chickens before their hatch. You know, pairing in with Aaron Rodgers is not even on the roster. Alan Lazard, who, you know, came over to be with Aaron Rodgers. How awesome would it be if it just all kind of went downhill and they don't end up getting uh, Rodgers, like we said. But, yeah, Odell Beckham is now with the Ravens. And haha, uh, Jets fans, despite what he might have made his salary-wise. Josh, I just want to get your thoughts because, I mean, uh, we, we've been writing on these Twitter streets for – 12 years now that's horrifying to say uh this reminds me so much of the peyton manning dilemma and you know tracking steven ross's plane and praying like oh we got to sign reggie wayne just so peyton manning comes here i want to get your thoughts on, on just to kind of reflect on the annoyance the ag the agony of that and, and how like that to me is fun in itself about hey now we can laugh at the jets doing it too and super mario is going to laugh at it as well yeah, Are we just gonna feel, get sued? Yeah, yeah, we might. I might censor that out. We might end up getting sued for that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's all the you know the, the tables have turned, right? I mean, it's great to be able to sit back and kind of laugh at the Jets fans and their agony, and you know how much hope they have and things that haven't even happened yet. But do we've been around the block forever, and we've got you know reported on. So I remember Dwayne. Do you guys remember Dwayne Bow? I mean, I felt like every offseason Dolphin fans kind of oh, thought yeah. he was going to end up in Miami, and I used to go on Fin Heaven and check out that stuff. So yeah, it, it's nice to be able to sit back, relax, and. You know, when you do see these rumors, i.e. Tyree Kill and Jalen Ramsey, and you think, you know, it would be cool if the Dolphins did it, but it is the Dolphins, and then it ends up going down. So um, it's nice to be sitting in the driver's seat and uh, feeling good about our team the way they're playing now. Do you guys remember – you brought up the Dwayne Bow thing, and I'd I, I love to do a pod about remember guys who basically – had so many photoshops on a team that they belonged with them. Dwayne Bow, there was a guy on the Eagles who was a guard. You guys got to help me with this one. They were, there was oh, rumors gosh. of him being traded every year to the Dolphins. It never happened, but he was like a PFF darling. I cannot think of his name to say, Merrick, do you know, do you at least no. know the con? You don't know I the got, con This had to I be got like 2013. Who was I got it? nothing who was on it? that one. I'm sorry. Guard for who? And the Eagles on, guard. The Eagles. Evan Mathis, right? Evan I, Mathis, yes! I photoshopped him as the Undertaker. That's the only reason I remember that. <laughs> That's <laughs> I great. I that picture. I, I remember that. Yeah, Evan That's Mathis. Great. 
put someone write that that'd be a very fun episode just go through like the all dolphins pretend team and just have it be like yeah. peyton manning Dwayne bow uh evan mathis that's fantastic that's awesome but moving on guys uh let's wrap up here with the new england patriots and merrick i really like you as ferris because i have a little old person inside i'd like to include so why how about you go ahead yeah we'll jump right into it i want to know if the patriots will allow bill belichick to continue to coach their team until he surpasses Don Shula's uh, career wins. Don Shula, the most winningest coach in NFL history. Bill Belichick, number two, just passed George Hallis recently. Uh, is George Hallis number two, or or did he? I can't remember what the order is. All I know is he's 19 regular season wins, or excuse me, 19 total wins away from passing Don Shula, but 30 regular season wins away from passing Don Shula. But as we've seen without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, isn't this, this, this wonder coach. He isn't the, the, the world beater at, at head coach for the Patriots as he wasn't in, in the past when, when Tom Brady was there, you know, they, they're having problems in new England. Mac Jones, is, is he the guy? Is he even the guy for this upcoming season, let alone the guy for the future, or are they going to turn to Bailey Zappi or maybe even a draft pick who knows? Uh, you know, there was rumors that they were shopping Mac Jones this off season. They wanted to trade him away. Like, there's turmoil in New England, and Bill Belichick is is at the forefront of that because he's not just the head coach; he's also the general manager. So he's the one, you know, he's the one picking the groceries, as Bill Parcells would say. So Bill Belichick, he he's seventy years old. Don Shula retired at the age of sixty six, which is crazy to think about because when you see Don Shula at the end of his career, he looks so old, and you're like, oh yeah, of course he would retire. He he's old. Well, Bill Belichick's older than Don Shula was by a considerable margin by the time Don Shula retired. So Bill Belichick, is he going to coach until he's 72, 73 years old? If you need 30 regular season wins to surpass Don Shula, 31 to surpass him, they the Patriots need to win at least 10 games a season over the next three seasons. And with the way they've been playing over the last couple of years and with the uncertainty at the quarterback position, you can't even guarantee that they're going to get 10 wins a year for the next three seasons. It might take them longer than that. So is Bill Belichick going to coach until he's 74, 75 years old? And if he doesn't retire on his own because of his age, does Robert Kraft force him out and say, Hey, you know, we have a winning culture around here. We're not used to losing. They won multiple Super Bowls over the last two decades, multiple, multiple. I mean, we know we sat through it. It was, it was painful year after year. Is Robert Kraft going to allow Bill Belichick to stick around if he's winning seven games a year, six games a year, if he pulls out a nine game winning season, you know, you know what I mean? Like, is he going to say, that's all right, you stick around until you break the record, we'll worry about it in the future? Or do they cut ties and let him loose? And if they do, does Belichick get another job elsewhere? You know, great coach, supposedly, you know, one of the greatest of all time, one of the winningest of all time. But is anyone going going to hire him at that age? I don't know. 
Josh, I want to add some sprinkles on this real quick, but and then I want to get your thoughts. Uh, my dad was talking about how Shula near the end, uh, Brian Cox. Everyone knows who Brian Cox is, linebacker, response to the picture against the Buffalo Bills, the middle fingers. He was talking about near the end of Shula's career, the the culture wasn't necessarily the same. Not that they weren't winning. It just seemed like he didn't have complete, complete control like he did for so many years. Specifically, Brian Cox just being a very outward-going person. There was some... Uh, let's just say over uh, overflow of emotions with Brian Cox. And when you had that in mind, how like that locker room started to be lost Mac Jones last year, I mean, Mac Jones last year, the emotions on the sidelines, he's going outside of the team to ask for help. So right there, is that a big indication about what's about to happen with Don or with Bill Belichick? Just the fact you see him starting to lose his type of way in the locker room. And you know, another team might want to sign him and try to get him that record. And maybe that'll be a cash grab in itself. But I do see those cracks coming through of, Hey, maybe that Patriots way um, uh, now includes young and crying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think going into this, I was going to say, yeah, he'll end up surpassing Don Schull's record, but I guess I didn't realize how far away he was. So Merrick kind of talked to me that I don't see that happening. Both you guys pretty much stepped on my toes. So I don't know if I should just jump right into my whole thing. And it was oh, okay. basically how awesome is it that the Pats really went from Tom Brady and decades of dominance, you know, the drama with Mac Jones and Bill, Bailey Zappi. Patriots won the AFC 17 times since 2001. Um, so again, I mean, all these rumors going on that Mac Jones wants out, you see the downfall slowly starting to spiral. I originally thought if Belichick, you know, were to hang it up or to move on, he might end up taking like a front office job, but, mm -hmm. uh, Merrick brought up a great point. Does another team sign him because it is Bill Belichick. And I think let's all be honest. If Tom Brady was still there, I know he wasn't playing great football, but it seemed like as soon as they, you know, he made that decision, okay, I'm going to get rid of Brady, let him walk. And we're going to see if we can do this without him he proved that he couldn't. So I hope this is the downfall. I hope we continue to see this. And I think we all can agree that when you look over this AFC East, that's kind of the team that we're overlooking, whether it's because of the quarterback position, whether it's because of their lack of, I guess, playmakers compared to some of those other uh, teams that are in the AFC East or because they just haven't really got better over the last few years. I mean, they've drafted some solid players. Jake, you'll talk about, you know, their stud running back and things like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, this Patriots team really isn't scaring anybody on paper. And when the Dolphins continue to get better, when the Bills, you know, continue to be at the top, the king on the iron throne, and you see the Jets potentially getting Aaron Rodgers and what that might do, it is just so nice to just sit back and, you know, after we took it on the chin for 17, you know, two decades after taking it on the chin to be able to sit back and I guess feel like uh, you're kind of pointing and laughing and saying, aha, who has the last laugh now, even though, uh, you know, those years were pretty damn brutal thinking about it. as almost all of our life, right? <laughs> just watching the Patriots and that shit go down. I don't know if it's just because I live in Patriots country, but I'm going to rise the queasy meter a little bit because I think it's important to keep in mind here about, you know, you can win a couple ways in the NFL. You know, someone's going to say it's a copycat league and then someone else is going to say someone's a genius because they have this new and innovative thing. And the Patriots have tried their different things. It started with, you know, you go back to those defenses they had in the early 2000s and then it was the transition of this high powered offense. You had the dual tight ends that you didn't see much in the passing game. And they tried that again. They tried to catch that lightning in the bottle with the Johnu Smith, Hunter Henry thing. And, you know, they, they brought in Mike Kosicki and it's going to be kill me every time I see him gritty with Patriot Pat on his head because he, Kosicki doesn't deserve that one bit. But guys, uh, some fear I have is uh, Damian Harris, who had a very good career with the Pats. He has moved on to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you have Ramondre Stevenson, who I think is one of the most underrated uh, backs in the league. I think uh, Bill Belichick's, uh, Loyalty towards a multi-back system is kind of bit him in the bit him in the butt there a little bit in terms of not using Stevenson as much as they could. But 
they're picking 14th. Bijan Robinson in New England kind of scares the living hell out of me. Just the idea of Belichick realizing like, okay, the quarterback thing's not going to work. We're just going to get four yards of carry. These games are going to be over in 45 minutes. I know that doesn't make sense, but we'll just roll with it. And we're just going to run the football four yards of carry. And there's nothing you can do about it. And we're going to win this game 20 to 17 on a last second field goal every week. I legitimately see Belichick going that route of everyone wants these high flying offenses. All right, well, stop us from getting three yards and we're going to like it. Well, I tell you what, most draft pundits out there are telling you that Bijan Robinson is the best running back prospect to come out in the NFL draft since Saquon Barkley. And what the hell have the Giants won with Saquon Barkley on the field? Fair point. No, Fair point. nothing. So, you know what? Bijan Robinson, great player. I'm not scared of this running back. I'm not scared of him. New England wants to take a running back in the first round. That hasn't worked out for anybody. It literally hasn't worked out for anybody in so long. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. I might be a little I'm bit scared. more scared than Merrick. Or a I'm little so queasier. scared that he's saying that. Yeah, yeah, if that, yeah that's the clip of all the uh, Pats fans. Like, is the one name like Boston Cream Donut or something? There's like a Patriots YouTuber or some shit like that. That sounds um, weird. Yeah, that's weird. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with Bo- there's nothing wrong with Boston Cream Donuts. They're the they yeah, the, but why would you the... call yourself that? Oh yeah, I I don't have an answer for that. But yeah, that would scare me a little bit. And I think Jake's on the right track. You know, he kind of got to reinvent the wheel a little bit. I guess I always joke, and I'm going to keep speaking into existence. But I hope they draft Hendon Hooker and uh, the quarterback out of uh, Tennessee, and they end up you know having a three way quarterback battle. But whatever it is, um, I'm just glad that the Patriots are down and out. I guess the question I have for you guys, real quick, is if Belichick ends up hanging up the the, uh, I can't be cleats, right? Clipboard, the playbook, but the, whatever. The, the, yeah. the yeah. sleeveless hoodie. Yeah. Does he? Does he? His son, Steve Belichick, take over, and then we got to deal with that. Oh, uh, squid, uh, I, I hope so. That dude. For, for... Yeah, that dude looks like a toad licker. That dude's out here on the toad. Just, a toad just, licker. Or a toad yeah, licker. he's just, he, he's just licking oh. frogs, baby. Do you okay. ever? Do you see him whenever they show him on the sidelines? He's all like. <laughs> He's such a weird. He's a weird looking dude, and he looks like his dad still cuts his hair before every game. (laughs) I think, I think Kraft will purge that franchise if Belichick's gone. I don't think he'll want anything related, any of the coaches. I think if Belichick goes, I think it's a flat out purge because it's weird, Josh. You, I I think it was you who mentioned uh, you thought he'd take a front office role, and that actually made a boatload of sense, and you know, continue his career that way. Uh, But, but yeah, man, I, I. Merrick, I swear to God, if he, they take him and they lead the league in rushing with the best, most innovative rushing offense of all time, uh, we are walking all the way to where you live, blasting Slipknot the entire time, just building up the <laughs> anger to come get you. I don't know. Just first first round, literally, everyone said the same thing about Najee Harris. And Najee Harris, you know, he's fine, I guess. If you're into running backs who average less than four yards per carry, like Belichick is, yeah, like I just I don't get it. And Saquon Barkley, great player, but running backs get injured, and Saquon Barkley has been injured for most of his career. Bijan Robinson, fantastic player, but he's going to come into the league. He's going to get dinged up. He's going to get banged up. He's going to be playing these 17 game seasons like he wasn't doing in college, and it's just not going to work out the way that everybody wants it to work out for this player, whether it's with the Patriots or not. I just, I don't see the hype on these first round running backs anymore. I I literally, if somebody could tell me the last time a first round running back actually worked out and and led his team to a Super Bowl victory, like I'd be more than happy to listen, but I just feel like that's old school football and it's 2023 and people aren't playing like that anymore. 
McKinnon. What's his first name? Jerick McKinnon? Jerick McKinnon? Yeah, I was just going to say, just to go with it. You're a jerk. You know that? (laughs) I might have to start doing that now again. I like that. But but what I was trying to get at is, I mean, to your point, I think he led the league in touchdowns among running backs last year, and he's still a free agent. You know, It, it is that type of thing where... Teams don't value it. I just think that the Belichick might try to, you know, put the head on backwards type thing and and see what can happen. I think I would be used to the right way. Does he make him a big slot and just kind of say, you know, you don't have to worry about blocking. Just, you know, line up in the Uh, slot, create those mismatches. Is that what we're going to put him at safety? Yeah, they're going with that Miami Dolphins 2019 offense with Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki. And we saw how well that worked out for our team. They have Lynn too, right? Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if he's still on the team think, or not, but he, he, he was at some point. They need to bring back Malcolm Perry. <laughs> Get the whole gang back together. But gentlemen, we did it. We made it through 10 thoughts, 10 assumptions, 10 impressions, 10 questions about the AFC East. Um, If you're liking what you're listening to, everyone out there, be sure you're hitting that subscribe button. We try to make this podcast available wherever you'd like it the best. YouTube, if you want to see our faces, Spotify, iTunes, we have it all for you. We hope you're enjoying the show. And hey, please, please, please leave some comments. Please hit that subscribe button. That stuff helps us out so much. It helps others find the show. But for another Dolphins podcast, for Jake, American House, it's always a blast talking to you, gentlemen, and it's always a blast being on this show. And until next time, fins up. Fins up. The greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami